Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Hi. I'm Mikhail Walker, and I'm a junior in the advertising creative major with a concentration in copywriting. And I've always considered music to be a pretty big part of my day-to-day life. Um, I have an especially large appreciation for rock, alternative, and hip-hop music. Um, ever since, you know, getting a getting an iPod, I pretty much had music going most of the time. You know, when I'm out and about, got my earbuds in. Um... So yeah, music's a music's a pretty big part of the way I appreciate life. And as a kid, my dad played a lot of music, and he's a really big fan of The Doors. He's always playing various various songs from their catalogs, deep cuts, you know, biggest hits. So yeah, um, always just kind of had The Doors in the background. The Doors were a psychedelic rock group that emerged in 1965. They were formed by Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek, and they grew to include John Densmore and Robbie Krieger. And overall, The Doors were an integral part of the late 60s and early 70s counterculture movement. They were just a really big part of that time period. They had a pension for writing poetry that led Jim Morrison to write and sing the majority of the band's lyrics. Ray Manzarek played the keyboard, Densmore played the guitar, and Krieger played drums. And apart from being known as an iconic group of musical artists... The Doors are also remembered for Morrison's public stunts and antics, uh, usually on stage. Jim Morrison was a free-spirited, performative individual who grew to have a dependence on alcohol as, as his career went on. So a lot of his rants on stage were, you know, kind of a of a dr- drunken quality. Um, Morrison was the first musician to actually be arrested on stage during a live performance and also routinely ranted improvisational speeches to the crowds at shows, oftentimes over the band playing in the background. And you kind of hear that in some of their songs. The Doors created five albums prior to Morrison's passing in 1971, as well as three albums following his death. Uh, Their self-titled album, The Doors, was a concise 11-track statement that stands at 44 minutes and 48 seconds, and the album includes singles Light My Fire, Break On Through to the Other Side, and The End, the three of which contributed to the album going four times platinum. Light My Fire at the time was getting a lot of attention, radio play being played in commercials, I believe. So yeah, it was a pretty big breakout hit for the for the band. And I first heard this album in its entirety my sophomore year of high school, but I had heard the majority of the album throughout my childhood whenever my dad played it. He's always been a really big fan of the group, and his admiration for them kind of influenced mine. And in fact, in freshman year, a friend of mine who was into progressive rock groups like Supertramp and Pink Floyd and the Beatles was naturally a pretty big fan of The Doors as well, and so we we bonded a lot, specifically over the song The Crystal Ship from this self-titled album. So, yeah, they're a pretty good band in my opinion. I picked this album because I thought the debut was a good place to start especially considering it had some of their biggest breakout tracks and overall i think it it just cemented their sound pretty well um i don't think a lot of their other albums do as good of a job showing them putting their best foot forward this album 
while experimental for other groups for them is is pretty typical so i think it does a pretty good job of making a statement as to who the doors are and who they were and we're back i am here joined by justin wickham all right, Justin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe your experience with The Doors or music in general? Yeah, so I'm a supply chain major here at Michigan State. I'm a sophomore. And I before this, I've never really heard of The Doors. And um, I've listened to rock music before, more popular, like ACDC kind of stuff like that for my parents. And I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. I'm more used to, I listen to a lot of music, I guess, like country, rap. And so li- listening to new music is like interesting, I guess, because... I usually find stuff that I enjoy from it, just like I did in this album, the uh, first song in the album, Break On Through. I really enjoyed that song. So um, it was a good experience to, yeah, to I was, listen to new music. I was pretty uh, intrigued to have you listen to this because I knew this wasn't something you'd listened to before, and I was like, I've yeah. never shown anybody a full album and been like, listen to this whole thing. So I was, I was interested to see what you think of it. Um, yeah, so now we're just going to kind of maybe discuss how this content was viewed when it was released. So I know a little bit about how it was viewed. Okay. But how would you say, Do you would you suppose that this was viewed when it came out? I mean, I'm guessing this is really popular because, um, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like uh, when it came out in the 60s or 70s, uh, late 60s, I'm sure this was a popular genre. And if you heard it and your parents your parents listened to it, you talked about that, they, and they st- like, still listen to it. So I'm sure it was very popular then. It was probably like any new song coming out now that I listen to all the time. Yeah, yeah, the Doors, um, they were definitely a popular psychedelic rock group. You know, 60s and 70s, a lot of experimentation going on musically and and with uh, illicit drug use. So overall, I would say that this album was definitely more popular than it is now when it was released. It sold, it's gone like four times platinum, and it sold like I think over 600,000 copies its first week, which is pretty good. And Break On Through, which you mentioned, yeah. as well as uh, Light My Fire, and there was another one. I can't remember what the other single was, but those singles all did really well, and they you know, came out before the album, so those had already sold a lot of copies prior to its release. And also, it had a pretty big impact on culture in general, because this was kind of like a new, a new genre and a new like <clears throat> energy that they brought to rock music. So at the time, this was a little bit unprecedented. Which kind of brings us to how is how would it be viewed now or how is it viewed now? Which I'm curious, uh, like from your point of view, you said you listen to like country and you listen yeah. to rap. What would you say? How would you view this type of music? Um, I would like like listening to some of the more popular songs. I would say they could be viewed the uh, same as almost any other song, or like kind of like a throwback song, I guess. Like you'll listen to it from now and then, and uh, it'll be enjoyable. Some of the songs, they seem kind of like almost like background music like the entire like um you'd hear maybe like a restaurant or something and like i don't know if you could really listen to it by itself like in the car say yeah but um i don't know there's like nice music you'd find like a bar or something like that but some of the music definitely was very enjoyable and i would listen to it today that's interesting that you mentioned that because um a couple of the songs were used as in movies uh as part of the soundtrack so kind of the same idea as like being in the background and yeah, some of their music has been used in other popular media, especially from around that time to kind of set the scene of the 60s and 70s. And overall, yeah, I'd say that um, there's a lot more 
uh, focus on instrumentation than I feel like there is um, in some music today. And also, I kind of feel like rock in general as a genre isn't as big of a genre as it was back then or like even in the early 2000s. Now hip hop, like rap, has become mm. the main like Billboard charting uh, genre. So it's just interesting to see what uh, what genres and musical styles kind of influence each other and then take over throughout the ages. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if it's gotten more popular, but some people like I don't know a lot of newer singers, like kind of Machine Gun Kelly or there's other people like Swaco. They kind of like brought like did rock again now with like more of a um, modern, I guess, approach, mm-hmm. which, yeah, you could probably taken around from this because a lot of the music, you, like you said, was more instrumental, and nowadays it's more singing and kind of more fast-paced. I found these kind of slower-paced, some of them at least. What did you um, what did you think of the lyrics? Because I feel like lyrically there is a difference, in my opinion, between The Doors and a lot of other, honestly, like a lot of other rock bands at the time as well, but definitely from today's music. It was like more different than other rock bands mm-hmm. um i guess it was more slow like easier to kind of understand what they're talking about mm-hmm. almost than other rock music so some some of the other rock music you kind of listen for like all the instrumentals and you might not be paying attention to the lyrics but some of it the you can pay attention to both like yeah lyrics. that is definitely something i appreciate about them a lot of the lyrics most of the lyrics were written by their front uh lead singer jim morrison and he was more of like a poet uh, before this. Like he wrote a lot of poetry and stuff. So a lot of their music is just more poetry than anything. Um, and I think that's kind of why it's slower. And like the focus on lyrically what they're saying is to give people the chance to uh, kind of digest and like listen to what's being said and how it's being said and how it's being paced. And yeah, um, I think there's two songs on here that are covers. Alabama song, Whiskey Bar. And then Backdoor Man, those two are both covers. And then Light My Fire, which is like one of their most popular songs, was written by, I believe, the keyboardist of the group. One of the few songs that was not written by Jim Morrison. So just a fun fact. How do you how do you think it would do if it was like released today? Like if this dropped on SoundCloud right now? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think it would be that popular. I've, I feel like there might be a few songs that are popular. But right now... I guess from what I see that when music gets released, it's more of like big mainstream rappers, mm-hmm. and like I, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard of the Doors until you told me, and I feel like a lot of people who don't listen to the rock genre might not have heard the Doors, so yeah. they probably wouldn't be very um, like interested if it dropped. That's but, what I think. I think it's really interesting, like how the culture that's like surrounding music in- influences whether or not something's uh, well received or even I guess listened to. Because the quality of the music can be the same. Like we said, this did pretty well when it came out. But a lot of that is because of the, the feeling and like the energy, the vibe of the late 60s and 70s and of the um, counterculture movement that The Doors was like a really big part of. Yeah. But I, I feel like, yeah, if The Doors like were popular right now, I feel like if this w- was dropped, it probably would be received well. Because like, like the songs, I've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really listen to this genre much, but I really enjoyed their songs. So, yeah. Like, let's say 20 years from now, I was kind of wondering this, like, is there going to be a revival of rock? Are we just going to be uh, with with hip hop for for the foreseeable future? Because it seems to be like every decade or so, you know, there's a new yeah. forefront of music. What do you think? I feel like they might. There might be a revival of rock, like you said, because um, I've noticed yeah, some mainstream artists who 
were rappers or are popular right now have changed genres or started to kind of sing or make music in the rock genre, which I, like in early 2000s, it was like, I guess it was kind of big, but it's yeah. like, it, yeah, like you said, it cycles. And I feel like it might cycle back to being uh, popular and mainstream in the future. Yeah, there's a lot of more underground rappers that I've listened to, too, that have a lot of, like, I guess, heavier rock influences. You mentioned Swaco, who yeah. I used to listen to. He's pretty cool. Josiah, Tokyo's Revenge, yeah. even, like, XXSTentacion, before he passed, he was uh, a lot more in that sphere of, like, mixing mm-hmm. rock and, and um, rap. Yeah. So I do agree that maybe we'll see a resurgence, or maybe there'll be some new genre that takes over. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> yeah, but we'd mentioned it earlier, the counterculture uh, movement. The Doors were a pretty big part of this. I don't know if I mentioned this in my intro. I don't think I did. But The Doors are named after a book by Huxley called The Doors of Perception. And the idea is exploring the doors in your mind that kind of block off certain parts of your of your uh, self and your ego. And they were very into psychedelics and the idea of like exploring your mind and you know, not limiting, I guess, your reality. So that's where that name comes from. And a lot of their music, like Break On Through to the Other Side, is kind of like that whole idea of ego death and like change, like changing your perception of things, which I think is pretty interesting because yeah. it kind of is like a common theme in some of their music. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was wondering why they were called The Doors. I guess that is a cool little part. Yeah, a little, uh, little fun fact. <laughs> My name is Noah Hintz. My name is Molly Growney. My name is John Shea. When I complete my degree, I want to work in sports and TV news production. I want to work in the music industry. I want to get a job in the film and TV industry. My name is Noah Hintz. My name is Molly. My name is John Shea. And, and I, I am Comrade Side. Start your journey at comartsai.msu.edu. And we we have fielded questions from live audience members. That's not true. They're from my classmates. Uh, we fielded questions for the Classic Hold Up podcast today. And our first question is, what instruments are most prominent on the album? Are there any cool instruments that you noticed? Cool instruments? Uh, I don't notice much but about like the actual instruments. But, uh, guitar, I guess, is probably the most prominent. And like a keyboard, like you said. But yeah. I, I, There's a lot of, you probably, you definitely noticed, but I don't know if you would like notice because it kind of like blends in pretty well. There's a lot of organ that they used. Um, the doors were pretty well uh, known for using the organ, which doesn't get used much anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, as well as like, yeah, like keyboard synthesizers, uh, percussion. There's this one sound, dude. I don't know what it is. I need to look it up on, I think it's Alabama song. It sounds like a circus. It's like this very like weird, like winding, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like in the middle of the song and it just reminds me, there's another uh, album by them called Strange Days. And on one of the songs called Strange Days, uh, they, they use like a similar instrument. It just sounds very like whimsical and like a carnival almost. Do you remember what it is called or? No, you don't. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. No, I remember hearing something like that from a song. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, what it I couldn't place it. I don't know if it's even a real instrument. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so that's the first question. Uh, next question is, what other music was out around that time? Do you know of any like 60s or 70s musicians? Um, 
a lot of the older I've, I've listened to I don't know Led Zeppelin what are they from I've listened to Led Zeppelin ACDC I'm gonna be embarrassed probably because they're probably not from the 70s yeah no they came out like it was like late 60s yeah. 70s early 70s so yeah Led Zeppelin I would say there's like some similarities there and then like yeah ACDC you mentioned earlier what else who else was around out at that time um I guess like Hendrix I'm trying to think of, of who might have been like influenced by whom there i feel like a lot of music back then was more borrowed there was a lot more sense of like like i said like experimenting and just trying to come up with something different and influencing each other was kind of more of a a part of it because of the whole like free love you know like hippie movement a lot of it was about sharing and i kind of get that sense from a lot of a lot of the style of music Nowadays, we're kind of, I'm kind of desensitized to, like, experimental music. You've got, like, all these weird, like, Mm -hmm. artists that just do whatever. (laughs) Oh, it was, what music was directly influenced by The Doors? I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I guess, yeah. I feel like some of the rock after, obviously, like, Led Zeppelin or ACDC probably was influenced because if these songs were popular right when they came out, I'm sure. Like when you said they were sharing and stuff like that, I'm sure they definitely took uh, influence off of that. Um, supposedly, the Strokes, oh, yeah, their their front runner, um, said that they've been they were all influenced by Jim Morrison and the Doors, um, as well as Joy Division, Stone Temple Pilots. Okay, so a lot of a lot of more uh, contemporary bands. Iggy Pop says that they're. Um, stage antics were inspired by the doors so i didn't i didn't tell you this but i mentioned it in my intro jim morrison was known for going on rants on stage often of a drunken variety because he used to drink a lot but yeah he'd go on these like rants on stage over so they'd be still playing their music like just instrumental and he'd just be like talking to this to the audience he was also the first artist to ever be arrested on stage during a concert <laughs> yeah he's they were they're pretty known for their spectacles um and that kind of became part of the appeal i think of like the mythos of the doors is just how bold and like I guess extrovert I'm not even extrovert I don't know quite the right word but just how bold the the doors were particularly Jim Morrison he kind of was like the the face of the group so yeah so those are, that's our question section yeah. not not bad questions those are our questions yeah. Um, well, yeah I didn't know about the um like getting arrested on stage and stuff but I'm sure that probably did help the appeal because like you said it was counterculture and stuff like that and like if nothing like that's happened before in music that definitely probably was big, and now people people probably took inspiration off that, thinking, "Oh, this is fun, a new thing." Yeah, exactly. And now you now you see it a lot more, like people acting outrageous. Yeah. In their music videos or anything like that with new music, so yeah, people, that definitely was influenced probably by that. People back then liked rebellion. They were like, "I don't like my parents, and <laughs> yeah. I don't like the government, and I'm gonna yell about it." <laughs> and that it was all Jim Morrison's idea. He invented it. Um, so yeah, so I guess let's just talk real quick about. Whether or not this holds up, we've kind of dabbled in that. But what do you think? Do you think this holds up? I think from a personal standpoint, a few of the songs do hold up. I would definitely still listen to them now that I've been uh, told to listen to them. But I don't know about the whole the album as a whole because, like I said, some of the songs I feel like were like kind of like soundtracky mm-hmm. and like maybe you wouldn't listen to like will it just by itself, but you listen to it maybe in the background of like a restaurant or something. But um, a few songs definitely do still hold up. Um, and of of those songs, like, what are your what are, what's your favorite part about? Um, you mentioned "Break On Through." Um, 
what what's your like favorite element or elements of that i know you said you like the the energy uh, of them yeah uh, the, the vibe i don't know how to explain it but um like i was listening to it in my car and it like puts you in a like a good mood almost i don't know how to explain it but like the upbeat kind of guitar almost mm-hmm. it's a nice a nice mood to be in i don't know um would you say like in general you prefer upbeat music to like lower tempo music um sometimes i guess it also depends on like how i'm feeling mm-hmm. like yeah the day the i listened to it and it was nice out and yeah. i was driving around and i was feeling good it was like enjoyable to listen to if i'm like sad or something and it's a crappy day out i'll probably i probably wouldn't listen to certain songs like that i probably would listen to slower music yeah i think i would say in my personal opinion because i have a lot of their music on my playlist but i definitely skip them a lot if it's not the right mood they're one of those bands that they're they're not very uh chameleon like in oh, there yeah. they don't just like blend into whatever's going on or like fit fit a mood wouldn't be like party music i wouldn't throw this yeah. on the ox if i was like <laughs> uh djing <laughs> but yeah and then we mentioned maybe yeah like in not holding up culturally as much personally yeah i think it holds up pretty well i like how concise it is it doesn't feel like a bloated track list like there's i think like 11 songs yeah. i like short uh, track lists. I feel like all these deluxe albums that we kind of become accustomed to and like adding things on for extra streams cheapens like the album. But there's a couple of songs in here I'm not that big a fan of either. I just like the fact that overall each song is like a consistent length. Like they're about three minutes other than the last song. It was like eight minutes or something. It was like yeah, longer. It's pretty, it's pretty long. And that's what actually was interesting when I came back to listen to this. I was expecting a lot of the songs to be super long because I was thinking of the end and I'm like, their songs are long, but they're, most of them are actually a relatively like normal average length but yeah i would i would personally say it holds up for my personal preference but i'm also heavily biased because i chose this album (laughs) to to, to discuss for this so do you think that you're going to listen to any more of their music any of their other albums now that you've dipped your toes into uh this one i definitely will uh try to explore and listen to more of their music because like i said i'm always listening looking for new music and a lot of the newer music now, I don't enjoy either. Mm-hmm. So I definitely will look into more of their music. You might as well not enjoy some old music. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and if yeah, if you want any recommendations, there's other good uh, songs by them on other albums. And if you're open to other progressive or psychedelic rock, there's a lot of other good rock groups from back then. Pink Floyd, I don't know how much you oh, listen yeah. to Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd's awesome. So yeah, what was your least favorite song on the album? Oh, shit. Um... I think it might have been the end. I think because of it, it's terrible just, take. Just because uh, I don't know. I was listening to it and it's like slow, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. It's just noticeable. I was like, oh, yeah. It's definitely it definitely stands out on yeah. the track list. That's what I like as well. Oh yeah, I guess it is. I'll say I like the fact that all the songs for the most part are pretty unique from one to another. Like a lot of them, like you said, there's like slow tempo, there's upbeat, um, a range of like lyrical styles, recording styles, instruments. Some of them, like, songs feel more personal and, like, almost more like a like a diary or like a letter. Some of them feel more like, you know, this is meant to be on the radio. This is meant to be, like, a hit. And I like that. I like variety. I feel like I didn't I didn't know, like, what all was on this one album, but I was happy when I listened to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this has a good amount of variety. This is, like, a good starting point. And I think it was, like, a good debut for The Doors. Even if they kind of went on to perfect some of their style. I feel like this was like a good statement for like who they were. This was their first album they released? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, because the guy said I was listening to it in the car, and like how you said some of them are made for like radio. Mm-hmm. I guess that probably also depends. Like that would affect how I would feel about one of the songs. Yeah. Like if I'm in the car, listen to it, it would be preferably like kind of shorter and more like upbeat, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. Context is everything, guys. All right. Well, I think that about brings us to a close. Do you have anything else that you'd like to say? Well, awesome. Thank you for being here with me today. And yeah, if you ever want to do this again, let me know. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks. Awesome. Find the classic holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.